0: Welcome to episode number three of the Make Marketing Easy podcast. I'm your host, Joel Gaslin. If you're a returning listener, thanks for tuning in again. If you're a new listener, welcome. This podcast aims to help doctors and medical device reps learn about what's happening in their markets so that they may do things smarter and build connections. On today's episode, I have two guests, and that's a first for me. My first guest is Dr. Bill Wiley. Dr. Wiley is an ophthalmologist and the managing partner of the highly successful Cleveland Eye Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio. My second guest is Amnon Kanan. Amnon is a serial entrepreneur who is relatively new to the medical industry and is also the founder and CEO of Sergio Rhythm, a healthcare software company using a predictive algorithm to engage patients. Dr. Wiley, thanks for being on the show today. Please tell us about your background and your
1: practice in Cleveland, Ohio. Sure, thanks, Joel, thanks for having me. So, you know, I've been in uh, Cleveland, Ohio for the past 15 years. I originally joined uh, my father's practices. He had two practices that he started, uh, one called Clear Choice Custom Lasik Center and the other one called Cleveland Eye Clinic. And uh, in general, both practices were sort of running independently, but we've seen sort of a merger of the two practices. You know, Cleveland Eye Clinic historically was a cataract practice that uh, focused on insurance reimbursed uh, procedures like cataract surgery. And we had Clear Choice Custom Lasik Center, which focused on corneal refractive surgery. And over the past 15 years, we've seen a lot of changes and updates to that market uh, with new technology and new services that we can provide for corneal refractive surgery. And what we've seen is sort of those two concepts merging together to now have something called upgraded cataract surgery, where we can have a, a better refractive result when we do cataract surgery. So we've taken a lot of what we've learned And uh, corneal refractive surgery, and applied that to cataract surgery to get better results and uh, meet patients' expectations better. You know what's what's happened is it's uh, created great opportunities to uh, deliver better outcomes, but it's also created new challenges, such that there's some challenges in educating patients, making sure that they understand what their opportunities are when they go down that path of cataract surgery. And I think that's uh, what leads us to today's discussion.
0: Yeah. And that's great. Thanks for that background. You know, Amnon and I have talked about this and, and maybe even you and I have, Bill, at some point. You know, what I think is really interesting about ophthalmology right now is for so long, you know, physicians have been focused on what I call sort of inside the practice, the four walls where you have, you know, how many EMR, EHR systems have you sort of already gone through and then practice management software and sort of working within there. And I think there's an opportunity now and people are beginning to see and people like you and and other successful practices around the country that are that are starting to look more sort of outside the practice and look at the sort of commercial flow of a commercial process within the practice. So you know, to use the restaurant vernacular, it's sort of like front of the house, back of the house. And and, and so that's why I'm really excited to have uh, you know someone like Amnon on the podcast today who's sort of working on that, solving that, that issue for practices. So Amnon, please tell us about your background and what made you decide to start Surgery Rhythm and what does the software do?
2: Yeah, I'm excited to join. Thank you for having me on this podcast. My passion in life is to innovate in improving processes using multidisciplinary approaches and technologies. And I've done it in the past. I've done it in insurance in public sector and communication and healthcare. Every time I try again and again to find the other interesting uh, niches to do it. And I, I did it as an executive in large enterprises as well as a co-founder and small startup. This is my third. What I like to do best is to envision and deliver new technology that makes the daily life of user, in our case, we're talking about doctors, easier and more productive. In addition to develop new knowledge and in our case, we are talking about knowledge about patient journey. Three years ago, together with my partner, Diane, and Sean, who joined us, we studied the elective procedure market. We liked ophthalmology because cataract is the most common procedure in the States with multiple choices. And this is a key point to multiple choices for patients. And the delta of thousands of dollars between the choices. A number of surgeons remain flat in this industry. There is a clear need for better use of the surgeon's time to fuel organic growth. In short, we believe that it's time for ophthalmology to join the consumer era. And it is our mission to help ophthalmologists grow in the consumer era, which will be so dominant in the next decade.
0: Great. I've referred to it as the consumerization of healthcare. And yeah, I like it very much. But yeah, it's it's happening and it's real and and I'm always amazed and humbled by how you know I travel around the country as you both know and, and go into lots of different practices and and so many times people say oh my area is different and that that doesn't work here and I've just seen so many exceptions to that that it, it, it works anywhere with the right sort of process and that's why I really li- li- I like that you use the word process, Amnon. What is a predictive algorithm, Amnon? How does it work, and how does it create value for surgery Surgery rhythm? Yeah,
2: this is a great question. Thank you. And uh, it's a great opportunity for me to explain these terms in our context. The common use of predictive algorithm in healthcare is mostly in batch processes of large amounts of data. Everybody heard about it from medical records, lab results, and so on, studies, etc. We, however, have some different approach. We use predictive algorithm to create predictors about individual patient's decision. We started with answers from 2,500 patients who are scheduled to cataract evaluation before they get into the evaluation, and then we compare the data to their decisions. We now use this analytics to tell the doctor with a predictor for each individual patient What is the likelihood of this patient to choose self-pay options before the doctor sees the patient? The result is that when the patient comes to the appointment, the doctor knows in advance if the patient is yes for self-pay, or in other words, doctor, get me out of these glasses, or no, in other words, I'm happy to uh, wearing glasses all the time. Both yes and no indicators save doctor's time saves a lot of time in acquiring questions and so on. Not less important is the other predictor, the maybe, the third predictor, which means you, doctor need to help the patient to make decisions. Another value of the predictor to the patient and the doctor is the availability of wisdom of the crowd. As a consideration in the decision, the patient gets message as part of the preparation program that patients who answer similar similarly discuss premium options with their doctor so they are not alone and the predictor tells the doctor that based on multiple doctors and thousands of patients this is the patient inclination proven by data this creates a unique value to our customers and unique competitive advantage to surgery
0: so is that kind of like at the when you go on amazon and you and you buy something and then sort of at the bottom it says other people like you would pick something like this so it's sort of a way to look at sort of correlation between what like people make decisions or is that my understanding that correctly
2: yeah you remember the days before amazon in those days consumer needed much legwork to know all product options per their availability and prices shopkeepers knew very little about who is coming when and what and not to mention the consumer trends yet even today In elective procedures, the doctor needs to sell the procedure to patient in a shared decision-making process. This involves much time and information. By us introducing Amazonization of elective procedure, the patient knows what to expect, like optional uh, quality-of-life outcomes, range of fears. The doctor knows how to personalize the message efficiently and to save the most important resource, the doctor's time. This has to be fixed. And so sh- solution is the practice of discovery and personalization. Yeah, that's great. I, I hope this answered the question.
0: It does. And, and you know, that's what I, what I, again, what I really like about this is if you think about a medical practice, and, and Dr. Wiley, you can certainly echo on this, that the most valuable and also the most, most scarce resource in a practice is the doctor's time right i mean am i is that a, a, the right way to think about it in your mind bill
1: yeah i think as the cataract market is growing and growing it seems that we just don't have the time to treat patients to do surgery to educate patients so physicians are in this place that they need to delegate a lot of things to either staff members or technology to help carry out those processes and and it's one thing to to do it to save time but what what's interesting if you can do it not only to save time but also improve that process and, and do a better job than what the physician can do, you know, sort of everybody wins. I think the patients win because they're better educated or better understand things and the physician wins because he's freed up a valuable resource of his own time.
0: So what is it, Dr. Wiley, that made you decide to take a look at surgery or rhythm and, and how did you become connected with them?
1: In our practice, we, we, we did see the value of educating patients on, on what their choices were for, for cataract surgery but also understanding on an indi- individual basis what those patients were looking for. So we had a, a, a full-time employee that sort of went through a, a process that would educate patients, sit down with them, try to understand what their needs were for cataract surgery, and then relay that information back to the uh, uh, surgeon. And that was working well, but then that employee was, was uh, uh, getting older and was looking to slow down and, and retire. And we thought, gosh, how are we going to replace that person that, you know, that we found that that was an integral piece to the process is that education and feedback to the surgeon. And right around that time, we met Surgery Rhythm that was sort of accomplishing that same goal, but through technology and not necessarily a, an individual. And uh, we thought it was perfect timing to help uh, step in and replace that uh, full-time employee. What we found was, you know, we, right now we have multiple surgeons and multiple locations, and that employee just couldn't be everywhere at once. And, even if they were in, in the clinic that day, there might be multiple patients that needed you know, discussion, and he just couldn't see everybody, just like the surgeon couldn't. So, really, to do it adequately with employees, we'd probably need three or four people to do what now uh, surgery rhythm can do in, in a, not only a more efficient way, but more effective way. So, now that we found uh, by integrating surgery rhythm, we're able to uh, replace that uh, full time employee, but also do a better job of educating and providing that feedback loop to the surgeon on what that patient is likely gonna be looking for in their surgery. That's great.
0: Amnon, do you have any any results or stories or anecdotes that you'd like to tell success stories early on? I know, Cause you're what, really sort of a year into the market. Is that, is that about right?
2: Yeah, just to uh, talk a few sentences about history, we started in clinic using iPad to collect data of patients' decision pathways. And this is what helped us to build up the predictor and the patient insight report. And with the experience of 2,500 patients, we moved to the at-home service and added our patient contact center, which drives right now 85% completion rate of people at home. So this has streamlined the entire process of preparation. Then we added integration to videos from AAO and Rendia, and we are just in the process of integrating links to financing service providers because uh, we want patients to be less anxious about affordability uh, going into the discussion. From results, yes. uh, The data that we have is that first, doctors see more patients. It's about 10% more. And when we compare between the same months last year and this year. And we also see that there is increase in uh, selection of self-pay options. Other than these uh, important results, and we heard uh, Dr. Wiley how he sees it, uh, we also have much learning here. One of uh, the examples that I can share is that we learned that pay- we compare data of patients who did it in practice and patient who did it at home at the same practice. And what we learn from that is that patients at home are much more open, with open-minded to contemplate opportunities. In other words, if we can deliver the right messages to those who are contemplating, and we know that we, we have the data to show that this individual is contemplating, then we can be much more successful when the patient is in front of the doctor in the evaluation room.
0: Yeah, that, that's great, and, and I've always been sort of humbled and amazed by the commercial process that I see with a lot of people. That a patient comes in and they and they hear, "I have a cataract," and and you know we know that it's a really uh, successful operation and and everything that's true about it. Yet, I think sometimes patients hear, "I have a cataract," and they're a little bit scared, maybe. And then we, many doctors at that time in, in their process is, "Okay, now we're going to try and sell them an upgrade." If you look at sort of a perfect selling environment to be sort of maybe garish about this, using the term selling in healthcare, but it's, it really is a commercial process at that point and, they, and, it's, and it's an odd time to ask someone to sort of make it and then they say, nope, don't want it, don't really understand my options and they just move forward and they say, okay, I, I don't need it. So that's why I think is really great that is what is happening and what you're working on.
2: Let me add here that uh, what happens in, for most patients is that they schedule, they schedule the cataract evaluation, say, next week, 10 days ahead, seven days ahead. And there, there is like a dark frame of time that patient is at home anxious, thinking about what will happen. Somebody will get into my eye. What does it mean? And so on. So what our uh, what we are doing when the patient is at home, we send the patient a secure link to do an online session, and our online session is focused on the outcome of the procedure. We help patient in a thoughtful process to think: what is my side goals? What do we want to have as quality of life post op in regard to activities, work, driving, glasses, and so on. And with that we focus the patient to think about the life post op and not the scary thing of the procedure itself.
0: Yeah, that's great. Doctor Wiley, will you tell us a little bit about or tell the listeners about what it was like to get started with surgery rhythm and how because sometimes when you add something new into your practice it's it can be disruptive and not super easy and what people tell me is surgery rhythm is really easy to get started with, and that the team is really helpful. So will you tell us about what your experience was or is with that?
1: yeah, see so in general, a lot of times when you add a new process, it can be disruptive. you know for example, when we added emr, it seemed like we had to reduce our our flow our patient volume by twenty or thirty percent just to get through the day and it was you know extremely painful process what's what's nice is surgery rhythm was more or less seamless from the day we incorporated it, we took a step forward, and it made our lives easier. You know, a lot of times you you listen to staff, and if if they're not bought in, it's very hard to to incorporate new technology. And from day one, the staff was immediately bought in. They saw that it was going to make their lives easier. They saw our surgery scheduler saw that the patients were now going to be better informed, and the physician was going to be better informed of what the patients were looking for. And so it was very seamless. I think one of the key aspects to that is. The fact that Surgery Rhythm has part of the processes is they reach out to the patient and walk the patient through a survey, walk the patient sort of getting registered for that survey and expecting the email. And I think that personal touch adds one layer of sort of Confidence uh, to the patient and our team that things are going to be done correctly. And uh, nowadays, we get a lot of emails, that, you know, in the mail, and a lot of times you don't open them. But by having that personal phone call, reaching out to the patient, helps start the process in a positive direction. And you know, we were sensitive also, you know, as far as how much information do we want to load the patients up with and surveys. A lot of times patients are getting surveys about a number of things and 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 you don't want to overload them. And so uh, what's nice is there is a feedback loop to to understand our patients enjoying the process or not. I think Amnon you you would have the the stats at your fingertips but we had you know over I think ninety seven percent patient satisfaction with the process itself, and which is very high for for any kind of new technology that you're adding. So the fact that patients were happier, staff were uh, was happier, physicians were happier, sort of everybody was on board almost immediately. Right. That's your right here.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I know your practice, Doctor Wiley, you're highly focused on the patient experience, and so it sounds like surgical rhythm really is a nice way to improve on the patient experience. How do you, how do you think about that statement?
1: Yeah, correct I think um, there's a lot of things we do as physicians to kind of improve outcomes and add technology to, to, to get a better result but bottom line the, the result is almost a given patients are expecting that no matter where they go and sort of the the experience is what they truly remember and how do they go through that process to your practice and you know so we, we focus a lot on creating a better experience, because that's more or less a lot of what you're going to be judged on, you might deliver this beautiful result. But if you know, your front desk person or the call center, you know, uh, drops the ball, that's kind of all the patients remember. And so anytime you can take that experience or that interaction, and raise the bar, I think uh, everybody wins. And uh, we see that surgery or them allowed us to do that in the experience level.
0: Dr. Wiley, why do you think some doctors are hesitant to offer upgraded products and services to patients? And what did you do to get, get so good at it, frankly?
1: It can be challenging to offer this uh, upgrades to patients. I think a lot of it, I think doctors are afraid of failed expectations. And by offering you know an upgraded service, you're automatically raising that patient expectation above, let's say, a basic level. And we're in the business of sort of meeting or exceeding patient expectations. And physicians are often afraid that anytime a patient is gonna be paying out of pocket, they might not be able to to, uh, basically meet those expectations. And what's also nice is Surgery Rhythm has an opportunity to help Properly set those expectations on what those patients are buying into. You can send uh, patients personal videos explaining what the patient might expect. You know, with with the choice they're going to choose. So, a lot of it is sort of setting realistic and appropriate expectations to allow that physician to meet or exceed them. And I think uh, you know this product can help get more people on board with sort of feeling comfortable and confident in in offering those upgrades.
0: Well, That's a, a great observation and, and I think at least from the, where I sit, the end of your statement is really important about the physician being comfortable and confident. And right, you're, I know you're good friends with John Burdall and I was at a, one of the conferences at an ophthalmology innovation summit and he was on a panel and he sort of, as you know, in his sort of boyish charm when they were talking about sort of the pace of adoption of ATI wells and laser cataract surgery and sort of upgraded cataract surgery and he raised his hand and said, well, I think it's that doctors aren't comfortable talking about money. I'm just going to say that. And he, you know, in the crowds, everybody nodded their head. And, and so, you know, that's what, another thing I really like about surgery rhythm is it creates sort of that pre-cell environment where people, we understand what it is. We understand, okay, here's a person who's going to be person likely to upgrade. So it's an easy conversation. So I, I think that's uh, great. Amnon is a relatively new person to the industry of ophthalmology. What are your thoughts about how innovation happens and How does it compare to other industries where you've enjoyed so much success? Uh, Thank
2: you. This is a very interesting uh, question. The first thing that comes in mind is that uh, most of the investment in innovation in ophthalmology is happening with measurement and surgical technologies. With the need for organic growth, which is out there in the market right now, it is uh, very clear to a newcomer like me, that the solution will come from consumerism technologies that will ease the streamline and patient decision, with this information technology that will help doctors move faster. So, in elective procedure, probably the introducing the Amazonization of elective procedure is the answer. But I, I have a feeling that we talked about it.
0: Uh, we did. I think your the earlier part of your answer where you said that uh, that the majority of innovation in ophthalmology is focused on medical technology and med device and pharma and and I think that's true. And Bill, would you agree with that or what do you? I mean, we're getting towards sort of the a need and an opportunity for people to develop technologies for what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, totally agree. It seems that. Early, you know, software technology was more or less meeting goals of let's say billing or scheduling or documentation, very sort of basic level goals and replacing sort of paper as far as a documentation tool or scheduling tool. And we really have just only barely scratched the surface of what technology can provide for healthcare like it's provided for for other industries. And There's uh, so much more we can do, and I think we just haven't had the opportunity to raise the level of service that we're providing to patients, and uh, I think Surgery Rhythm is a a step in that direction by raising that that education level, raising the the feedback to physicians, but also having this... um, analytical software that sort of analyzes that process and allows it to improve over time. And we just haven't had that ability yet. And I think we're going to start to see technologies like this sort of help raise that bar and uh, commercialize, like you said, medicine in a positive direction.
0: Well, that's great. And I, and I think you said a lot right there, Dr. Wiley. And and part of it is that physicians in general are very process-driven in almost everything you do. And I think that's the part that's been lacking what I what I think there is an opportunity in the market. And, you know, if you think about even, I'm struck by, I, like you, I go to the Ophthalmology Innovation Summit, I think it's a terrific meeting. And I, I commented to Amnon after the last one that there's not a software company or, or sort of a patient engagement company that's, that's promoting at these, or even talked about at these conferences. So my hope is, or maybe there's an opportunity to start a conference around just take, hey, call it patient engagement type software platforms and, and how they do that. So maybe that's something to think about in the future. Yeah, totally agree. So, Bill, how do you think patients are changing in ophthalmology? And what role do you think interactive technology, mobile apps, artificial intelligence, what will they play in your practice five years from now? And, and where do you see that sort of fitting into the clinic and the OR and, and all those two environments?
1: Sure. Yeah, I think, um, you know, patients are changing in healthcare, but more or less in all commercial aspects. You see how people shop or how people learn or how people interact uh online and um you know we're seeing that trickle over to healthcare and ophthalmology uh, specifically i think the days in the past of a patient sitting in a room in an office watching a video about cataract surgery yeah that's kind of gonna go by the wayside the patient wants to see that same co- content but do it on their time on their device when they're comfortable you know, so, so we're seeing a lot of things like that, things like online scheduling. Patients you know, don't wanna necessarily go through the you know, a call center and reach out. They wanna do it more digitally and uh, have uh, interactions via their smartphone or a computer to, to more or less navigate their, uh, their life like they're doing in other, other aspects of their life. So I think we have to take a step forward in these processes to meet these patients' uh, lifestyle as they're changing and day-to-day living.
2: Yeah, let me add to this. I think uh, the the big change that uh, we are starting to experience is the need for personalization. The main uh, cataract uh, patients right now are the baby boomers or they're coming into this cataract era for them. And these people have the experience in other industries that everything is personalized to them. Yeah, we talked about Amazon. We just need to give a reference here to that. So what uh, the change in the market that we need to create is to personalize the messages, the education, and the patient needs to feel that what the patient is experiencing as part of the education, preparation, whatever, is personalized. And we help both the patient and the doctor to get into personalized preparation and then personalized discussion.
0: Amnon, what do you view as the critical success factors for Surgery Rhythm and how does a doctor who may be listening to this podcast or even a a med device rep or someone who likes to bring ideas to their surgeons they're working with or trying to work with, how do they get started with Surgery Rhythm or how do they get more information and and sort of learn about it and what kind of questions should they be asking their team?
2: Talking about Surgery Rhythm first, our success comes from more traction and more customers. With that, this means that more traction means more functionality and more insights. And this is how we improve and process and measure and so on. Uh, A doctor who is thinking about deploying surgery should ask two major questions. First, do we need to grow? Do we need to improve? And do we want more bottom line revenue from consumers that we already have? These are key questions. And if the answer is yes, uh, so do they have uh, the team and the culture to jumpstart a new way of patient engagement and experience for the benefit of the patient and the practice? So if this is the intention, we can help the practice prepare the patient in a way that when the patient is in front of the doctor, the doctor needs to qualify the answers of the question and to see what is the recom- recommendation based on this.
0: Now, Dr. Wiley, I, your practice, I know, is he- is uh, heavily involved with op- optometry. So how do you see surgery rhythm fitting with optometry and how does that process work for you?
1: So in our practice, um, we do a lot of co-management and um, we found that a lot of times with a, in a co-management model, there can be sort of some disjointed messaging that can be Challenging to wrap your, your your hands around where the optometric practice may be saying one thing to the patient and our practice is saying something else, and it's nice to have sort of a unified sort of source that can sort of bring both together. And so what we've done is uh, reached out to uh, our optometry colleagues and sort of have them buy into the surgery rhythm process as well, so that they understand, you know, this is the message that's going to be sent to the patients. The uh, optometrists can sort of help support that and say, okay, to the patient, you're gonna get this survey. Uh, you're gonna get a phone call that's gonna describe the survey. Why don't you register and walk yourself through that? And it's gonna help all of us understand what your goals are and understand what what you're looking for with surgery. And we can uh, communicate that message back to the surgeon. We can also have sort of uh, specialized videos that, that could go to that patient that might come from the optometrist, allowing that optometrist to support the messaging that we're trying to create. I mean, personalized videos for myself or our team to describe what the process is going to to look like. So it gives sort of a common platform of education to make sure that we're all sort of speaking uh, the same words or using the same phrases or same technologies that the patients understand and not getting this mixed message from one practice to another.
2: Uh, Dr. Wiley, if I can ask you you, about this uh, ODs, did you hear any feedback or question from your referring ODs about this process of surgery?
1: Good question. You know, you know initially, any uh, just like integration of technology to our staff, a lot of times there's resistance, and same same thing with optometry. Sometimes they're resistant uh, to change because it may disrupt sort of their relationship with a patient, or may add another level of complexity that might make their job harder. So I was a little worried about that uh, integrating surgery rhythm, but what we found is we've had buy-in immediately from the optometrists as well, so that they understand. This is sort of a non-invasive process. They understand that it's going to allow their patients to be better educated so that they can understand what they're getting into with the surgery. So we've had a buy-in and very positive feedback from our optometric network.
2: That's great. Thank you.
0: Well, anything that I haven't asked you about that you wanted to talk about or were hoping to talk about on the podcast, whether it's Bill, something interesting you're working on or am not anything you want to talk about?
1: I see surgery rhythm being upgradable to, to future technology that we're going to be offering. A lot of times we found with, let's say, written messaging or written brochures or education material, that seems like the technology that we're providing clinically changes so quickly by the time we have a brochure ready to go. you know We might be using a new technology or you know, a new lens or a new laser, and then we, we have to go back to the drawing board and recreate our written message. What's nice for a surgery rhythm, we can very quickly update what message we want to give to those patients, maybe record a quick video that describes this new process that we're going to be doing for the patients. Like anything digital, to have that ability to quickly change uh, the platform, once you have the foundation pieces in place, it it provides for a, a very updatable tool that we can use.
0: That's great. I- iterating and keeping the message fresh and consistent with, as you say, it, it sort of goes to harmonization of message.
2: Yeah. Dr. Wiley, do you see any any way to use surgery for clinical trials?
1: That's a great point, Amnon. We, we, we do do a fair amount of clinical trials, and a lot of times those are changing as well. And right now, we're, we've got a couple of trials underway that are uh, have to do with uh, some of the up- upgrade technology, maybe a new presbyopic lens and what we can do is add a, a questionnaire or, or a simple question within that process that the patient's undergoing that might say, you know, ask the patient, are they interested in a clinical trial that might provide this uh, upgrade, upgraded vision, and you know, to have that feedback loop, number one, to the patient so to see if they can opt in or opt out of that uh, technology, but also uh, relaying that back to our staff is invaluable and uh, can help increase uh, enrollment help increase education, we can have directed messaging about that technology so the patient understands what this new clinical trial might offer. So, again, um, that harmonization of messaging is, you know, uh, uh, across, you know, all things, including clinical trials.
2: Yeah, thank you. Joel, what I would like to add, uh, two things. Uh, First, referring back to the discussion about uh, DOD integration and involvement Our vision is to work with the practices, to close the loop with the ODs in a way that the the process starts with OD uh, registration and referring the patient to the practice, and then close the loop by sending a message both to the the OD and the patient, it's time to go back to the OD. This will probably support the interest of uh, the uh, co-management. The other point that uh, sometime during uh, this um, uh, discussion, you asked me about what kind of questions uh, the doctor needs to ask himself or herself while considering surgery rhythm. One of my answers was, does the practice has the culture to jumpstart a new way for patient engagement? This is an opportunity for me to say that Cleveland Eye Clinic sets the bar for committed team all rowing in the same direction. Its leadership has established a culture of innovative thinking and high personal commitment, and we appreciate it. Thank you, Joel, for having me on your podcast. It was a lot of fun. And uh, thank you, Dr. Wiley, for joining us and sharing so many insights with us. Thank you.
0: That's great. You're welcome, Amnon. And thanks both to you and to Dr. Wiley for being on the the show. I enjoyed visiting with you and learning more about both of you and your practice and your business. Well, that does it for episode number 16 of the Cognified Marketing and Selling Podcast. I'm grateful for my two guests today, Bill Wiley and Amnon Kanan.